Welcome to the Edutainer Podcast. My name is Erin Albert. In this podcast, we explore the intersection between education and entertainment. Stay tuned for another episode coming up next. Well, we're here today with Ruth DeYoung679. Hopefully I I got that handle right. Yes, that's Uh, right. (laughs) Yes. Ruth, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yes. You reached out and we got you in for this podcast, Sanditon mini series on fan fiction writers. I'm so glad that you did reach out. Let's start with the same question I've asked all of the writers How did you get started in fan fiction generally? Well, it all goes back to Sanderton, really. I'm I'm one of these writers who who just started writing following the ending of Sanderton. Much like the others, I was completely devastated. And I thought, write something to change the ending to make myself feel better about it. And actually, it was my husband that encouraged me to start posting stuff online. Because you read it and said, why don't you post it and see what happens? So I posted my first work on there and then it kind of, yeah, and then it went from there, really. Interesting. So your husband read your original fan fiction and then he encouraged you to post it. That's right. Yeah. And actually, um, the, the second story I wrote, Chance Encounters, he actually kind of co-wrote the plot for that. <laughs> we kind of bounced ideas off together and, uh, and he had, yeah, he had a lot to do with that fanfic. <laughs> so he's oh. kind of, he's been very helpful. So was he a, a professional writer or was he into Sanditon as well? Or what was his <laughs> level of interest there? Uh, no, I, he's definitely not as obsessed as I am. Okay. <laughs> um, and he's not a writer at all. I think he just got, um, you know, we were in the middle of getting into the middle of lockdown. He was excited that I was getting into a new hobby. He wanted to encourage me in it, keep me occupied. So yeah, he was just really encouraging on, in it really. So uh, yeah, he's been really supportive. You first started your fan fiction on AO3 for Santa. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Prior to publishing, were you reading other people's fan fiction on Sanditon or where were you getting your passion or your ideas from to publish your own fan fiction? Yeah. So shortly after I watched Sanditon, I think I did most what most people did and trawled the internet looking for any signs of season two and went on and watched all the YouTube videos. And then I came across um, Angie Stenning's Return to Sanditon. I was actually on a train at the time on the way to do some training with work and I just devoured the whole thing on the chain train journey. It was a long train journey. I just thought it was wonderful that people were wanting to continue the story. Um, and I also read Miss Peony's Sanditon Revisited. And again, that was a really unique take of the retelling of the series. I thought that was really great. I kind of devoured those. And that was the first time I'd ever kind of, ever read fan fiction at all. And just because I wanted a resolution, which I was happy with. And then that got me thinking, well, hang on. In my head, I, I'd had kind of an idea of how I would have wanted the first series to end. It didn't end the way that I think most of us wanted so I was like I'm going to write it down because I need to write it down it's in my head I'm going to write it down as well and then it took it from there really excellent so how many stories have you written and published on AO3 and kind of walk us through the evolution of those stories as you put them or have published them sure so I started with just kind of a rewrite of episode the ending of episode eight which was my happily ever after so that was my kind of 
way of how I would resolve it and made me feel happy with the ending. Um, and then shortly after that, I kind of ventured into the more modern story. So I started with Chance Encounters, which was, I don't know, it's just a story that came into my head, really. Um, I was thinking of Sydney and Charlotte in a different scenario, in a modern scenario, and it kind of evolved from that. I'm not really sure how it came about. It just kind of appeared in my head. And then that one took quite a few months to write, although I was churning out chapters quite quickly. And then, of course, lockdown hit. And I thought it'd be it was a bit risky at the time because we were just entering lockdown I thought I'd be what would Sydney and Charlotte do in a lockdown situation could I put them in a sort of lockdown situation um so that out of that came love during the time of COVID-19 and from there I haven't I was supposed to stop after a few and I just kept going (laughs) because the stories just kept coming let's go back to COVID-19 storyline because I think Mm. you might have been the only one that wrote a scenario like that Mm. So, and and I kind of see that as a common theme. A lot of the writers have said, not only did writing help me kind of resolve the really non-Jane Austen-like ending of Sanditon (laughs) season one, but it also, there was this stream of consciousness underlying about the fact that it helped them cope or get through the pandemic. Mm. So can you kind of walk us through at a very high level, we don't want to have any spoiler alerts here or anything, your your COVID-19 storyline, and I'm assuming Charlotte and Sydney were in that, but maybe not, and just walk us through the plot line there. Sure. Um, So it's set in London, and uh, Charlotte and Sydney are next door neighbours in a block of flats, lockdowns in force, they live on their own, Charlotte lives with a cat. (laughs) and you know it's a situation of Charlotte washing machine breaks and she's like oh what am I going to do I'm going to have to ask one of the neighbors so she has to ask Sydney and then from that kind of follows lots of different interactions between them you know they're isolated they're lonely so they start seeing each other more but they've got this whole two meter distance thing that they have to keep apart and and sticking to the rules and so yeah it was kind of a novel way of like how are these two going to fall in love during this situation and so I had to be thinking about different ways they could interact with each other without having to go near each other <laughs> or too close to each other and that, things like that so yeah it kind of evolved like that and and Charlotte has an, a kind of different backstory as well which is which adds a bit of drama at the end somehow it kind of captivated people and and I think people a lot of people could relate to it because of what they were going through at that time and and for me especially it was my sort of therapy in a way writing that and how to come to terms with the fact you know I couldn't see family and friends at the time I was I was stuck at home trying to work trying to homeschool trying to look after a preschooler and and that was my kind of happy place my writing therapy of, of how I got through that I love that I think a product of this fandom might have been because of lockdown. It it Mm. almost accelerated or added a level of, I don't want to say anxiety, but something around that feeling that we were all kind of desperately waiting for that season two that never or still has not yet arrived. Mm. Back to the fact that you are in the UK, correct? Mm. Yes. Yes. So you saw Sanditon before us in the U.S. So you had you had hit your angst a little bit before the rest (laughs) of us because it hit the rest of us here in the States kind of during the lockdown periods. Mm. So tell us about your experiences on Twitter. 
were you part of the first group that kind of joined online to watch the Sanditon Sisterhood unfold? And then did you see a groundswell once that the U.S. production had shown or you were probably involved a little bit earlier than the rest of us. Can you share your experiences there? Sure. I, I was kind of watching in the background for quite a long time because I wasn't on Twitter, but I was kind of watching what was happening. And I think when episode eight landed, <laughs> we, I just automatically went to Twitter to see what people were posting about it. So I didn't actually join Twitter till mm, I think May or June this year because I was a bit nervous about it. I'm not very tech savvy, but <laughs> I was very much keeping an eye on what was happening and I was still writing at that time. So, so I was interacting with the readers of my story. But yeah, so I didn't quite kind of hit the twi Twitter campaign until a bit later. Let's go back to something interesting you just said too, because the writing process, I think in fan fiction is very interesting because most writers drop a chapter maybe at a time yeah. while the readers are consuming the content. So were your readers influencing your writing as you were dropping content or were you pretty steadfast and resolute on the vision that you had around your writings and did you stay true to that? Yeah, so most of the time when I'm writing a story, I will kind of have an outline chapter by chapter what I want to happen. And it kind of evolves, it's quite a fluid process for me. So it kind of evolves as I go, but the main storyline kind of sticks the same. But but yeah, no, definitely. I think, you know, the readers have been amazing, absolutely amazing. They're so encouraging. And you definitely take their feedback on board and you they talk about things that they like and maybe want to see happen. And you, and you do tend to feed that into uh, into your stories um one example at the moment I'm writing a I'm actually collaborating at the moment on a story with Jane we're writing a story called love in a minor key and lots of readers are commenting about it and so we do kind of sneak in bits and pieces one of them recently was a lava lamp you'll have to read it to understand why but just to kind of keep them amused because actually you know it is all about the audience with fan fiction you know, people just love these characters they love them they and they like seeing them in different scenarios and and we love them too and we you know it's, it's very different from writing your own story because people have a lot of opinions about you know how they are and how they should act and 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 that's really great because it kind of it does influence your writing and I really welcome that I have changed not so much direction but I've definitely changed the way I write things sometimes and added bits to, uh, to take on the feedback that, that people have been giving. Interesting. And you said something else interesting that I want to follow back up on. <laughs> you said your current writing is love in a minor key and you're collaborating yes. with another writer. So how yes. did that, how did that evolution start? Yeah, that was really random because I've, I've not done that before, but it's, it's been so exciting um so there was just a conversation on twitter about people were throwing ideas out there about the sort of stories that they like to see next on on AO3 and Jane came up with this idea about how she wanted to see Sydney as a musician a composer of classical music she's got a big big passion for classical music and and that just really struck me because I'm I'm quite musical and I saw her comment and I was just like oh because I had an idea for another story as well. I was like, maybe that could work together. So we've kind of, I got in touch with her and I was like, I'd quite be interested in, I'd be interested in writing that story with you. And we just bounced ideas off each other. And we came up with a plot line and we kind of blended story ideas. And it's been, it's been really, really fun actually. And it's working out really well. 
Yeah. I, in another episode, I interviewed One Day and, and Tahira, and they're, mm. of course, the two that tweeted with one another as Charlotte and Sydney, and then they took it to AO3 as well. But I'm curious about how you're collaborating with Jane. Is it a ping-ponging of drafts? Is it debate and discussion of characters? Like, for example, One Day and T had that kind of set up where they would debate what should happen or the fate of characters. How are you and Jane collaborating on that aspect? Jane came up with the kind of characters, what they would be doing. I looked at it, we made a few changes. Uh, and then we did what I normally do, a chapter by chapter overview of what would happen, um, what the main story will be, which we agreed on. And again, that's fluid, so it does keep changing so often. But what happens is I tend to do the first draft and then I'll send it to Jane and she'll add some really great bits. We'll do another draft and I'll send it across. So um, so it's kind of working together that way, really. And it's, it seems to be working really well. When I'm writing my own stories, I only see it from my point of view. So it's been really good to send, you know, what I've written across to someone else. Like, oh, what? how about we do this instead and that? And, and, and it's like, oh, yeah, that would be much better. So, <laughs> so it's actually, I think it's made the story probably better than my other writings, I would say, to have someone like that to, to critique it. It's working really well. Awesome. And I know you're musically inclined. And, and when we set this interview up, you sent me your YouTube channel, which was yeah. striking as well. So can you talk about how music is influencing your creativity in Sanditon? Yeah, the YouTube channel is actually to do with one of my other stories, Sanditon Melodies. So I've always been musical. A lot of I, I play in my church and sing in my church. And I, a long, long time ago, I did actually record an album of church music with my sister. So music's always been a big part of me. And I just thought, well, why, why don't I write something on music? And Sand and Melodies kind of evolved from there. And I'm also a massive fan of Nashville. So, <laughs> so I was like, well, how about I do a kind of Nashville thing? You know, they start singing songs in between in the episodes and things. And that really challenged me to think about whether, you know, if, if, if Charlotte, this is Charlotte, who's kind of starting out on her music career, you know, she really should be writing her own songs. So that really challenged me and pushed me. It's like, well, maybe I should actually write a song for this story. So those songs on YouTube are the songs I wrote to go with the story of Sanditon Melodies. So they're Charlotte's songs. They're not really mine. <laughs> they're written from her perspective. And yeah, and it was a, a lot, a lot of fun. And during the time it was locked down again. So with my church, we were recording things online so I bought the, all the equipment and everything to record some songs at home. So it was a lot of fun putting those tracks together on GarageBand and being creative in that way. It was, it was good. Music definitely influenced that story. And it's also influencing the story I'm writing with Jane at the moment. I'll be sure to put in show notes your YouTube channel link as well for Sanditon Melodies. That's Thank you. I mean, the songs are just a bit of fun, really. <laughs> I'm not a professional musician at all, but they were just, it's just, uh, just give the kind of different feel to the story, I suppose. Well, I think it's really interesting because some of our other guests have talked about they create an image of Charlotte and Sydney together, for example, and that would inspire a whole new story for them. Mm. So as a visual artist, you're, it sounds like you're more of an audio artist. So mm. that's a really interesting juxtaposition with writing fan fiction. So let's take a little turn here as we're closing out today's episode. Let's talk hypothetically, and I've shared this question with a couple of our guests. Let's think that Mr. Davies is listening to all of these episodes because he's cool like that. He's planning <laughs> ahead to Sanditon season two. 
what is it that you would love to see, Ruth, in an a televised adaptation for Sanditon season two? Oh gosh, there are lots and lots of things. But I think like most people, I obviously want the happily ever after. I'm willing to wait for it until the last episode if I have to, but definitely that's that's what I want. And I think it's about I want to see, you know, I want to see Sydney fighting for Charlotte. I want there to be a bit of a jealous Sydney in there, maybe another love interest for Charlotte. I want to see longing looks. I want to see beautiful dances. Sydney and Charlotte is a big thing for me. But I think the beauty of Sandton is it's got so many wonderful characters in there. And a lot of their stories were unfinished. So what's happening with Georgiana now? Is she still pining after Otis? Is she going to get a new love interest? Clara's gone to London. What happens with her? You know, Edward, is he going to redeem himself? And I love Anne Reed, Lady Denham. So I hope she really plays a big part in the next season because she was fantastic in the last one. So, oh, so much. That's just a bit. <laughs> No, that's great. I love that. And you brought up some characters that I don't think anybody else has brought up at this point. I know Lady Denham has been a topic of discussion quite a bit. Yeah. So I think everybody kind of has their own fanfic favorites out there in the character land. So thank you for sharing that. In closing, can you recap for us your handles on social media and then where you publish your fan fiction writing, Ruth? Yeah, so I go by Deong679. I'm on Twitter, I'm on AO3, and I'm on Wattpad. If you just search for my name, you'll be able to find my stories. Perfect. And last question, do you feel like you're coming to the end of your own personal Sanditon fan fiction, or are you still just at it and you don't see an end in sight? Oh, it's a tricky one, because I, I said I was going to finish after my third one, and I'm now on like my ninth. It's just so difficult. I think I'm always going to be captivated by Sydney and Charlotte, their characters and how bringing them to life. But I am starting to go down my own path with my original stories. I'm intending to publish um, my original story, Ninth Earl of Ashfield, on Kindle Books soon. My husband's really encouraged me to do that. So that's exciting. So I think at some point I'm going to have to say goodbye to them, but I'm not quite ready yet. Well, fair enough. Share with us really briefly your Amazon publication coming again a little bit more. Yeah, it's actually on Archive of Our Own at the moment. Um, my original story, it's called The Ninth Earl of Ashfield. And and yeah, so I'm hoping, I'm editing it at the moment with my family's help. So I'm hoping to publish that in the next month or so. Excellent. Well, that's great. Uh, Ruth, thank you for joining us on the show and providing your perspective. Sounds like if anybody's listening, they have a lot of reading to do from your domain. I'm personally <laughs> going to get on my reading list, the COVID-19 story. I think that one will be a definite page turner. So with <laughs> thank that, you. Ruth, thanks for sharing. Oh, Thanks so much for having me. I loved my conversation with Ruth, and I didn't listen to her YouTube channel until after our conversation, but I love her music as well. So with her kind permission, I'm going to close out today's episode with Ruth by sharing one of her songs on YouTube relative to her Sanditon fan fiction. The title of the song is called Out There. Thanks, Ruth, for sharing your story.
There was a time when I was sure There was a time of certainty When I knew who I was And who I was gonna be There was a time when all made sense When I knew where my journey ended But the road ahead Had different plans for me Now here I am On a path When you've missed your step Don't give up Before you know it You'll be rolling into sandy shores Now don't Now's the time of soul-searching Now's the time for contemplation Of finding who I am And who I wanna be This is not where I thought I'd be Wish I had some clarity But the train went by my stop Now I'm staring out to sea Yeah.